A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Raw, NXT, Dubai, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet to review the SmackDown after WrestleMania. What did you make of all the fallout from Mania on this show? The absolute last one they can put WrestleMania in the title of until they get to the go-home show for WrestleMania <laughs> backlash and the fallout. So here's the thing with this SmackDown, right? Because we're nerds, we've had a conversation about this show in the office We've had a little bit of a conversation in our little pre-record preamble that we do in the studio. Yeah. And we kind of collect our thoughts in general. And I don't think you've done this on purpose, but I've sort of found myself listening to a sales pitch from you about this episode of SmackDown. Because mm. I came away, got to be honest, thinking this was hot trash. <laughs> Almost end to end, right? And then you've... And it's not been entirely you working a gimmick or treating me as a fan in AT&T Stadium while you've got one finger up in the air. Yes. You've come at me with... Some earnest praise, some I re- was, some reasoned critique of my critique, my critique of SmackDown. And I don't know who I am anymore or what to feel. Mm. Right as we've hit record, right as we've come to the microphone, I've like I feel like I've had all my gut feelings and gut reactions questioned and thrashed out into something that has made me think: Am I am I wrong about this one or not? I will say this. I did say some of those takes just to wind up Murray and Sidge because it was funny. Right, like, okay. <laughs> back around, back around page, which I'll admit was great. Wheelie yeah. Utah Moxley was, was quite a good match, I suppose, oh, if gosh, you like that sort right, of thing. Yeah. But quite, quite good, was it? Obviously, yeah. I'll <laughs> hit praise on that on the Rampage review. A bit of the gimmick was, well, saved a lot of time watching this SmackDown, as always. <laughs> but I will say, I think coming off the back of, and obviously we're incredibly lucky to do what we do, and especially what we've been able to do over the last week or so, mm. coming off the back of Mania... I'm almost. I'm, they've got about six free passes from me. They've sort of Jedi mind tricked me of like, yeah, I know a lot of it's crap, but like, remember night one of WrestleMania? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it was a bit rubbish, but maybe it's going somewhere in 11 months and 20 odd days or whatever it the is. 364 day optimist, Adam Wilson. Exactly. <laughs> I, I completely get where you're coming from with elements of this, and, and some of it was rubbish. Like, <laughs> some, of this, some of this show was rubbish. 
Drew McIntyre and Sami Zayn not going to a finish, and they're going like, yeah, but we'll do it next week. We yeah. know I did stipulation. Why wouldn't Sami Zayn just do the exact same thing? Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think the central central bits of this, the important bits, I'd say, mm-hmm. I think they got spot on, particularly, and it is a rarity, Lacey Evans. Yeah, I thought they did great stuff with her. Yes. We'll, we'll get to that in due course. We'll run through the show and decide whether I'm far too giddy and carried away with all of this or whether or not it wasn't as bad as you first thought. Mm. We'll, we'll find out as we get into it. We started with, well, <laughs> loads of video recaps of WrestleMania, Tons. which normally I'd go, yeah, skip, 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 skip. I bloody love that song by the weekend. <laughs> and I, me and you are still like, we're still there, technically. Yeah, if you shoot your eyes, we're still there. It's still good. It's still good. Um, it's so gone. It's did gone. all that. And then uh, Ronda Rousey's introduced by, Hey, Kayla! Um, who uh, notes that uh, she, you know, she says, Ronda, you won. You made, you man, you're a, a woman of your word. You you made Charlotte Flair tap out. And there's a brief chant for Rousey. Um, they show footage again, obviously. And she said, yeah, look, I did manage to tap her out, but not when it counted. I didn't get the pinfall when it counted, for example. And she sort of slightly mugged off the referee as part of that, mm-hmm. understandably. But she talked about having to be able to beat someone twice on your worst day. Um um, but she said, look, we all saw what happened. I want a rematch, a WrestleMania backlash with Charlotte Flair, and not just any match, but an I quit match. And the fans love this. I love this. One person who doesn't, though, is Charlotte Flair, who pops up laughing on the big screen, being incredibly annoying, as she's great at. Uh, and she said, look, you, you, you're nothing you are. You're rubbish. I, I had your arm, arm bar, but I didn't tap out. Uh, I still beat you. <laughs> she dropped her. Winning, which is again, again a sign of WWE's. What's what's popular right now with the kids? Charlie Sheen <laughs> references. Cool. Uh, she did drop to back of the line, bitch, uh, and said it's not going to happen. Basically, but Rousey said this fight will happen, and you're not just going to say I quit, Charlotte. You are going to scream it as I, I don't know, reverse your elbow or something. The perfect match to follow up. What was a match that was weirdly received? We quite enjoyed it. Everyone else said it was crap on telly. Mm. But it was the justified elongation of this feud to drag it to WrestleMania Backlash, where hopefully Ronda Rousey gets the win with a screaming Charlotte Flair, begging for mercy, shouting, I quit. Yeah, and one assumes it'll probably be the main event of that show as well and perhaps get the spotlight that it wasn't really able to... I mean, it couldn't escape from underneath Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair's anyway. Or Cody and Seth Rollins, that matter. There was a lot on night one that made it feel small time in comparison. There was the discussion, wasn't there, of Ronda Rousey. It was all apparently a, a myth, but there was a story getting out about Ronda Rousey being cross about the match not being the main event, but mm-hmm. then you watch that night back and it couldn't be anything. But Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, they just didn't... I, like, I think it would have performed better on night two anyway. Yes. But I think there was a number of reasons why that match maybe failed with a lot of people watching at home. I, I, I'm all over the map with Ronda Rousey. I'm very, very aware of my inconsistency when it comes to opinions on Ronda Rousey at the moment. So I thought the, I thought the content of this promo was perfectly fine. I mm. thought Ronda Rousey did a good job of balancing that very tricky proposition that you get after these big matches where you want your baby face not to feel like they're making excuses, uh-huh. but to want to get a rematch. And asking for a rematch or demanding one or whatever it is typically comes with the need for an excuse to have one in the first place. You know, it's a, it's a tricky balance to strike. And I thought she struck it okay, but I just... The delivery wasn't fantastic. Charlotte Flair's, conversely, was very good, but the content is hugely irritating. Oh, She's really good at delivering that annoying stuff. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But it's risible material. <laughs> she just does a good job of pulling it off. So they're kind of at opposite ends of like the same coin here, if I mix that metaphor up. 
I, d- I don't know. I mean, we can jump ahead a little bit, can't we? She got it. Ronda Rousey got it yes. later on in the night. The, the match is... It's official. Like, we're, we are where we need to be with this, and we both agreed, uh, certainly at the time, that this was at least a justifiable rematch, and you would assume Ronda Rousey picks up the winner and the title, and they've just managed to buy themselves an extra month of it. So, all's well, ends well, I guess. But I just cannot make up my mind with this Ronda Rousey run. Some weeks I'm led to believe yeah. that everything is fine. She's back. The world's as it was in 2018, 2019. Other times, I'm not so convinced, and I think this week was the latter. Mm. I'd, I'd, uh, I wasn't I wasn't particularly buying what she was selling, and I'd already sold it to myself walking out of AT&T. Yeah, it was going to be always going to be a hard thing to do of like, oh, I lost, but that doesn't really count. The real quiz is WrestleMania backlash. Mm. You know, she had something in reserve. You got the pinfall, but the, the foot was on the ropes, so the ref waved that off. You got the obviously, obvious visual submission stuff. Look, it's it's difficult, like you say. And and it also depends, I think, sometimes on the crowd because she's received weirdly by crowds sometimes. Yeah. I think this one was quite a good one, to be honest. But you, you never get, you're never certain what you're going to get from a crowd of Ronda Rousey these days, which, mm. again, is like kind of flies in the face of where she was at as a baby face in that, in the kind of certainly in the early stage of yes. 2018 when she was just universally beloved. That's not been the case this time around. And I don't know if maybe that's hurting how believable some of these promos are or some of these actions are when... The way she's talking, she kind of needs everyone mm. on her back for the ride, and she's not quite there with it. Uh, then we got Xavier Woods versus Butch. Um, beforehand, uh, well, we had Butch basically being taken off the leash by Sheamus and Ridge mm. Bloody Holland backstage, and he's just oh, scrappy-do, basically. Yeah. And then out come uh, Kofi and Xavier Woods, uh, and Xavier Woods informs us that he's never won at WrestleMania, which made me very sad, and then thought, is there a story there? I, I realise that they often think about these things three weeks beforehand. Sasha Banks' 0-6 record, for for example. But, ooh. Oh, God, this is you deciding that he's going to win the title at next year's WrestleMania, isn't it? Beating Brock Lesnar, of all people. Because <laughs> it's like Brock's yeah, history with a new day. Yeah. I don't know. But that, that it made me simultaneously sad and thought, maybe, just maybe. Mm. And I'm eternally optimistic at this time of year. Uh, and Kofi says, well, technically you won when I won in 2019. We all won. Yeah. And uh, they say, well, te- technically WrestleMania as well is the season finale, which means this is the season opener. And all the uh, records are reset, baby. And I thought, please, God, no, this feud's been going on for bloody ages. Um, and then Woods says that Butcher's own family want him to beat Butcher's, quote, rabies-infested ass. I don't think I've never heard... Beat his rabies infested arse. <laughs> you can look, you can say the lines in a funny voice. It doesn't make the lines good. It just no. makes your delivery of them entertaining. I've just never heard anyone from the West Midlands say that, basically. Rabies. Rabies infested arse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, love, back. The love the West Midlands. Yeah. I was born in the West Midlands. Good stuff. Just, I just I love the West Midlands more than I love this episode of SmackDown. I just I was <laughs> lost in a moment there. Just think right, just think that like Nice green of Worcestershire, mm-hmm. like Redditch, where I was born. Oh. A, a new town, a lived new in, town, but a lovely town. Lived in Harborne. Oh, Harborne, beautiful. Yeah. Birmingham, England's second city, and a fine place it is as well, Snobs Nightclub. Oh, Snobs Night. Oh. Anyway, back and yeah. forth early on between Big these two. Uh, they start fighting at ringside eventually, and Butch uh, suplexes Woods on the apron, I think, to take us to a break. When we come back, Woods is fighting back, chops, punches, kicks Butch right in the face. I did love a bit of blood. I know mm, we've got yeah. quite a lot of that on the other channel, but the cut on Butch's nose with it just slightly trickling down it, it 
really good. It, he couldn't I, have done it deliberately, but you know still. what added to the aesthetic at the end when he was all pissed off and couldn't be controlled? Yeah. It did look pretty good. Like his nose looked half and half. a bit of blood on Seamus' white yeah. vest, which looked great. Anyway, Woods goes to the Tornado DDT, and Butch just goes, no, punches him right in the face. And then we get a bit of a flash of Pete Dunne, so much so that I think um, Pat mentioned his name was Pete briefly. <laughs> he does the old stamping on the fingers and stamping on Woods' head and... Pat makes some weird reference to a butcher or something. Uh, but uh, Butch charges at Woods and Woods dodges him. Uh, as we look, as we head towards the finish, it looks like he's going to just kick his head off. But Woods gets out of the way and small packages. Uh, Butch and Woods gets the one, two, three. Post-match, yeah, Butch is furious. Even Seamus and Ridge Bloody Olin can't control him. He's swinging at them. And then they make him sit on the top rope like a child on the naughty step. Pat McAfee and Butch, former stablemates, of course. Of course. Remember that. Uh, yeah, this did nothing for me. Um, cool little flashes of blood, notwithstanding. This was far too... This was far too WWE formula in that way that I'm not buying the action as a real fight. And I'm left thinking, how did the WWE formula at WrestleMania take a minute and a half? It's like 100 seconds. Yeah. And this WWE formula match take a good while longer. The records reset stuff is a piss take because let's not pretend that any of these wins and losses ever matter. Records <laughs> reset, all of this sort of stuff. Like I kind of abide that even from the New Day, who were typically great at elevating bad material, failed to do that here because they were they were actively asking audiences to just forget about that. Yeah. WrestleMania showcase you want nah. House show pretty much. This is what matters. <laughs> this Friday night right here on SmackDown. This is what matters. So you've already tried to nullify a result on the the biggest stage, the mm-hmm. biggest night of the year, and then do a ten minute extended version of it. I just couldn't. None of this washed with me. I I, I still th- last week I was struggling. I watched back. I don't often do this very often, but I, it was worrying me that my performance level was below par on a video roundtable we did about future upcoming directions for WWE. And, and as it turned out, I, like I think I got away with it. But I I looked at it and I thought, you're you're tired. <laughs> you're a tired old man on this podcast. And this tiredness wasn't truly addressed until about Saturday. It was some post-Texas jet lag. And I just, my patience felt tested way too early into this episode of SmackDown. I was willing, like, I was very critical of Roman Reigns when we were in Texas. But I was willing that entrance to go longer than ever, just to give me something to watch on double speed. (laughs) Because this match was not it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the old, this feud must continue. Why? Why? Just not for me either. Uh, I love everyone involved in it, but not when they're mixed together like this because I think I've seen every possible permutation now of these five men getting yeah, together. enough. Enough of this. Get well soon, either. though. Never yeah. mind. Miss him. Uh, right, then we had a recap of Sami Zayn versus John in Oxville, which was just perfect. The Anything Goes match. And Zayn's still furious backstage with Postman Pierce. Uh, he said, look, I wanted an Anything Goes match, not an Everyone Is Welcome match. And he's got a plate of cheese that someone has apparently left outside of his room or in his bag or something uh, because of the whole mousetrap thing. He said he hated cheese. Instant heel turn for me, that. <laughs> you shoot on cheese, we're going to fall out. <laughs> Do not badmouth cheese, especially not where they are. But to you and I, I mean, cheese is... Oh, hey man, like I'm I'm going to side with you on virtually every food take because you empowered me to um, order a big like brisket sandwich without the lashings of the barbecue yes. sauce gravy thing there because I didn't want that. I'm a I'm a edgy guy when it comes to condiments. They kind of make my skin crawl a little bit, and I wish I wasn't that way. But you not being a meat sauce guy really helped yeah. me. Made me, f- uh, made me feel like a better man for being okay with just my meat in my sandwich. I just want to taste the meat, man. Yeah. Also. 
we haven't mentioned this on podcasts, shout out to America for now having, apparently, space-flavoured Coke. Right, crisps inside the chocolate and Coke that tastes like space. <laughs> How have they done? Space, by the way, it turns out, you don't need to go through NASA training. Get yourself a bottle of that and think, that's oh, a bit black currently. <laughs> anyway, Zane wants respect back, and they do the old gimmick. Uh, do you know what? This this takes me back to my early days watching wrestling. Of mm. Whoever walks through that door next, <laughs> I'll fight. And I was like, who's it going to be? And of course, it's Drew McIntyre. And Zane tries to be like, oh, our next one. Yeah. And Pierce is like, no, nah, you said. You and said it. The match gets legally binding. And he gets passed a note from Ronda Rousey, which presumably says something like, Ronda's pissed <laughs> backstage. But yeah, silly little gimmick stuff, this, to set up a match that ended up being very disappointing. But in terms of setting it up, I can never hate on stuff like this. Yeah, like a nice follow-on for the Sami Zayn character off the back of the WrestleMania loss. Good way to keep him busy before he wins the money in the bank briefcase. Indeed, indeed. Let's, get back, on, let's get back on that one, shall we? still... Yeah. I'm going to tell you what. The story is right there. And I know there's other people. Pat McAfee, you suggested. Mm-hmm. Cody's another name. I wouldn't really probably go down that route, but it's certainly an option. Outside of that, outside of those two... I'd say Sami Zayn's probably top five, but that's maybe just me, my biased booking and a pasty bet. It's, so. ju- it's just reward for a hell of a WrestleMania yeah. carry job as well, yeah. Exactly. Uh, right, then we got uh, one of many uh, NXT call-ups. <laughs> it was not only the arrival of what Gunther, sorry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was introduced by... Why have they changed his name? I know. Why have they changed his name as well as Gunther's name? There was nothing wrong with... Wait, I've got to make sure I get the right one. Marcel Bartel mm-hmm. and Walter. But now we have Gunther and Ludwig German. Sorry, Ludwig Kaiser. Yeah. Well, let's go German flag on just in case you're unaware. Yeah. It's about the fact he's... Wait, hang on. Fabian Eichner's Italian? Yes. Gunther's... Walter's Austrian. It's all German now. Now they're all German. Now, look, I want to get a positive out of the way early because I feel like otherwise we're going to be quite negative on all of this. Let's talk about that red, shall we? Oh, the jacket. Let's talk about the jacket. Let's talk about what was half and half red trunks. Weird. All of it's all of it's so weird, right? But German flag. So what does that mean? What's coming next? Yellow, baby! <laughs> They're gonna put Walter in yellow jacket and big bright yellow trunks. It's happening. Yeah. It's absolutely like they're gonna go through all three colours of that flag. It's gonna look ridiculous, mm-hmm. but all of this is dead. So what have we got, if not some nice, fun gear to look at? Because this gimmick is a pathetic. Nobody feels anything for any of it. And anybody, and I saw a bit of it on the old uh, SmackDown hashtag, uh, anybody saying, yeah, come on, guys, it's a silly name, but time to get past the name. Can we not just appreciate all the Gunther Dream matches? Yeah, they're dead, because he doesn't work Walter matches anymore. No. Like, there is no such thing as a Gunther Dream match. There's a Gunther match. There's a, he's a wrestler. He's a guy that has, right, slow it down, do the heat, grab a hold, and then make him come, and then nobody comes because everybody's bored of the formula. And then, Vladimir Kozlov. Well, yeah, like he's he's closer to Vladimir Kozlov than he is Walter yes. at this point in terms of the the structure and the layout of his matches, as we would see almost immediately. Mm. Like, have they have they asked him to take the sting out of his chops, or is it just their inability to structure wrestling matches that have made this walking weapon of a human being suddenly <laughs> now completely without ammunition? Yeah, the ring general. Uh, Gunther was in action against Joe Alonso. This was a squash match, a two-minute mm-hmm. squash, basically. Um, by the way, I'm going to take that picture that I've seen doing the rounds on Twitter of of old Walter and new Gunther and stick it on my fridge as as encouragement because he's got in 
incredible shape. I just want to put that over. I Imagine looking like the guy and feeling like you need to drop... Imagine being, uh, allegedly, according to some people, I might have seen once on the internet, <laughs> a mirror image of this man, and then seeing what, what you could be if you worked a little bit harder at the gym, or you ate a few less chocolates for Christian sides. It's going to be me and you running the Great North Run together in that red jacket. Is that what we... Yeah, yeah. this... Yeah. One jacket, by the way. Just the two of us. <laughs> the two of us. Better, get, better keep in step together. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was a huge squash match, like you say. Chops, a big boot, a slam, power bomb. One, two, three. But yeah, it, there was the the hint of Walter Chops, but the noise wasn't quite there, and they were trying to sell it the same. There was a bloody Walter chant here. Mm-hmm. Um, and McAfee was like, oh, is that a Gunther chant I hear? <laughs> no, it was Walter chant. But yeah, it, I'm intrigued to see what they do next with him, but I, after what I've seen, what they do with him in Super O, I'm not that confident. I just... I miss Walter so much. He's so good. Yeah, I wasn't intrigued. I wasn't confident. I was pissed off. And it's not even anything to do with Walter at this point. They've split up Imperium. Like, that's what's happened here. I, I couldn't get right. The thing about the Gunther name change was the point at which you're like, oh my God, what have you... It's it's funny, right? And Walter signed the contract and he signed to become a WWE superstar and he we talked about this at the time, but... Soz. Like, yeah. Soz so to all his fans. But any time that your favourite signs with this company... Prepare for this. Yeah. It might go better. It might go worse. But it might at least be this. Best prepare for this. Um, Maybe also watch AEW and think about if you fave signs for them and how that could be. There's lots of ways to skin a cap in pro wrestling these days. But this is the way WWE have skinned it forever. And you should expect this. But in spite of what was happening to Gunther, the strange offshoot of that was that oh, all of a sudden, we definitely had the Meg's friend thing at yes, first. Yes, 100%. Like, hey, Imperium, do you get less ugly? But then they were having rippers at the same time. And we all said, all of us at one point or another were like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's these two. And then they just started having the best matches in mm-hmm. an NXT tag division that wasn't short on bangers. They were at the heart of this. Like, split them up so Ludwig Kaiser can, <laughs> what, be a manager? Like, be a managerial figure? He had his own gear on, so you would... Assume there's going to be matches, there's going to be tag matches, perhaps. And then you see these people on the hashtag being like, oh, here we go. Like, Gunther Roman Reigns, yes, please. Is it? Yeah. Like, I, t- I don't know. Like, I, I, maybe it's maybe this just me. Maybe I'm on a downer with so many of these guys at the moment. But you line up these supposed dream matches, and I'm just not seeing them, not feeling them. Like, you've just mentioned Sami Zayn, right? Sami Zayn is a guy that could carry Johnny Knoxville and cast a jackass to something very entertaining on a WrestleMania stage. Does it go that way if he fights... Gunther, is it not just hold, like Sami Zayn selling the chop is a visual I can get on board with. The rest of the match, eh, not mm. so much. I don't know. Jury's out. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's all because it's so up in the air. It's one of those things, a bit like <laughs> the summer of punk, where I'm like, no, let's see what happens with this, and then I look back and go, oh no, that's dreadful. <laughs> um, like in my head, I'm like, well, there's the potential for Fabian Eichner to go on a tear on his own mm. in NXT 2.0. That's really exciting for me. What on earth they do with these two? I've no idea. And then when you said, "Oh, world title," I was like, "God, he's not." They're not going to look at him and think world title. They should, obviously, but they're not going to look at him and think world title. They're going to put him in bloody mid card matches. And then I thought, "Oh, Ricochet getting chopped out of the air by by Gunther? Mm, maybe." So yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. going to reserve judgment on this for now. But yes, ominous signs. Let's mm. just say, just call him Walter, call him Marcel. And just let him do Imperium on the main roster. If you want to do stuff with Fabian Eitner in NXT 2.0, that's kind of fine by me because he's great. He's freakishly strong and he could do some great stuff down there. 
But just, just give, give me a molder back. Not to dart all over the place, right? But th- this is relevant. Can we just jump to Raquel Rodriguez? She's coming up now. It was it was the next segment, yeah. wasn't it? Can we view that and then a, a wider point about all of this? Yes, so backstage, Michaela is there with Raquel Rodriguez. Jesus Christ, he's on. He's, the on, former, the, he's on the board. The former Raquel Gonzalez with a big back. She looked massive here. I know Kayla Braxton's not the tallest, but she looked huge. Do you think they were doing the some of the Andre tricks? A bit. Like they maybe it. had like Raquel on a like a raised platform or they had like, I, I don't know, like... Kayla Braxton say like right take the heels off do, all, all the tricks whatever well, even, it was because like, the height disparity was quite something wasn't and it? even when Los Lotharios the lethal lovers got in they were smaller than her of yeah. course too um, yes she arrives she says look SmackDown's got a great locker room but they are not ready for her and I thought I'm ready for you on the main roster to be honest and uh, yeah and then Los Lotharios coming in off to give her a kiss and she's like piss it off yeah and then she said are these always that annoying Kayla Braxton like yeah <laughs> yeah but um ooh. I'm excited now. I was a bit nervous. I mean, I'm not. So, so no idea what they're going to do with her in the ring, and I don't know why they've had to rename her again. Mm. But in terms of a call-up, comparing it to, let's look at Monday Night Raw's NXT developments. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so this is this was my point, right? When all of Vince's stooges took over NXT in the place of Triple H, we immediately like looked upon it. Episode one, right? Bron Breaker. Big Jack dude immediately pushed. C- clearly, like, eyed up for winning the title. Von Wagner as a guy cast as the secret attacker of <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly and a- another big dude, you know, uh, toxic attraction. Six. Right, just sex. This was NXT 2.0. And why it existed, and we did try and make this point to people, don't cry for what you've maybe lost if you feel like you've lost something. Don't cry for the comparison. They are simply three letters. Nothing is the same as it used to be. But what it will do is finally, finally exist as the actual feeder system to WWE yeah. in the way that Triple H's version never did. We might have loved that class that, you know, were considered like Dusty's kids from 2015 mm-hmm. and Triple H kind of like doing his scouting, watching the tapes and bringing in people to have NXT sort of compete almost with New Japan in for critical acclaim and then lose a battle against AEW but try and have that same fight. Now, the people come from NXT ready to go. Bron Breaker's on Raw winning the NXT title instead of on the actual NXT show so he can have the best possible look mm. to Vince McMahon where he's like, oh yeah, him, I'll, I'll take him. His name's an alliteration. He's a big juiced up dude. I'm, I'm, into, <laughs> I'm into this. We've had call-ups. Change names. Change the gimmicks. Change what they're about. Expl- like, explain. Make this make sense to me. No, I, I get it. Like, you have got now the Vince McMahon feeder system Everything we're watching on a Tuesday night is through the lens of, well, old man Vince wants it, so they're getting the first practice run, they're getting the training wheels here so that they go on to SmackDown ready-made. And you're not going to have the case of, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head, but uh, you know, one of the very first ones, right? You're not going to have former NXT champion Adrian Neville arrive as Neville with a cape, kind of a man from space. <laughs> he wanted him as Mighty Mouse, didn't he? He lost Adrian straight away. Like, all that sort of, you just, it's not going to happen. Right, it's going to be like here they are. We've molded them to be SmackDown and Raw ready on Tuesday night. Change them straight away. Pete, Pete Dunn's Butch. Butch, what is going on that all that bollocks on a Tuesday is still apparently not the brand of bollocks that Vincent Mann wants, I don't even get it. though it's been curated <laughs> for him? I do not get it. Like it might seem like I'm overreacting just to Raquel Rodriguez, but when you've just had Ludwig Kaiser and 
the lads in bright red. Like, I, I don't know what any of this is. Rafa Gonzalez has won and lost the NXT Tag Team Champions in a week mm. to get this call up and have a name changed. What is that in the life of a wrestler? Are they going to call up Bron Break and call him Bron Steiner, aren't they? Well, maybe. <laughs> At this point, we thought this weekend was going to be the opportunity, if they wanted to, to rename him. Steiner Brothers go in the Hall of Fame. Maybe they feature on television. Rick Steiner's been kidnapped. <laughs> like, the, now is the time, right? But apparently, no, the time is when he gets called up for real. Insane. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> like, what does this mean for... So Mandy Rose went from the main roster to NXT, mm-hmm. formed sick stuff with these two new... Like, is she going to be re- is she going to be renamed because Vince has forgotten that they had her yeah. once before because her hair colour is different? You know, we need to we need to make you blonde. <laughs> we'll call you Blondie Rose. <laughs> I was here with, you know, Sonia. Oh. <laughs> I just, I cannot figure any of this out. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, let's m- move on next to Happy Talk and quite possibly the final Happy Talk ever, unfortunately. Mm. Um, they have the entrance, a very uh, sad-looking Happy Corbin. <laughs> uh, they point out he's lost his undefeated record. Matt Moss is absolutely fine, though. He's, he's, he's having a whale of the time as part of his entrance. Thumbs up in the air. Oh, they mentioned, obviously, he won the uh, uh, Andrew, the Gi- Andrew the Giant Memorial <laughs> Battle Royal. <laughs> And what happened with Drew, obviously, as I said, with, with Corbin at WrestleMania. Um, and uh, Corbin said, tonight's happy talk should be a celebration. And there were some very sad-looking balloons all around the ring. Uh, and he said, look, I think we all know there's only one person really to blame. And that's my cut, Moss. Yeah. It's his fault. He jumped on the apron. He distracted me. He cost me the match. Uh, and, yeah, Corbin is furious with him. Moss tries to apologize but he says, it's not genuine. All you care about is what happened to you. You won the Battle Royal and what have you. And there's a, there is a madcap Moss chance. And this <laughs> is working without yeah. question. Uh, and Corbin says, yeah, that's the problem. You know, it's all about you now, isn't it? You know what? 
recently, that's all you care about, and your jokes have been crap. Tell me some jokes. And Moss says, what do you call me when I cost uh, Happy Corbin a match? Madcap loss. And there was one about Madam Pierce in there, about Adam Pierce running a brothel or something. <laughs> and then Corbin says, you're one more shot, one more chance to tell me a joke. Do it like your job depends on it, because it does. And Moss responds by saying, what do you call a guy who treats his friends like garbage and dresses like he's going to a funeral for Tommy Bahama? You call him Happy Corbin. And the brawl breaks out. The split is on. uh, And Moss eventually gets the better of him, uh, knocks him out to the outside onto the floor, and even stomps on his hat. Effective, this? Yes. Um, An effective development. Um, We've... Madcap Moss stuff is working. It's mm. not just it's not just Vince McMahon apparently who really likes Madcap Moss. It's the fans as well. It, there's been a definite movement towards seeing the positives from underneath this pretty risible gimmick mm-hmm. between the two of them. I, I quite like. I don't know how much this is by design, but I just really bought into Baron Corbin's performance of it. I quite like the implication that the jokes were great until they stopped being great. Yes, like that kind of got me. Like the more you think about what they what he once thought was piss funny and is now rubbish because they're at his expense or because they're just the puns that he doesn't like. Mm. I love the idea that heel can be so deluded that he thought, why why can't he just do the A material from January? <laughs> like, Where's the poo day stuff gone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's poo day? So that, like, I like thinking about that in terms of what we already know about Happy Corbin and indeed what we've known about Baron Corbin for years at this point. Um, you know what I got lost in thought of when this was on? The law of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, you were witnessing two of the only three people in the entire company who were still employed after winning that match. Oh, yeah. The other one being, was it Jey Uso that won it? Yes. Right. Jey Uso was in the main event segment. Those three were on the show. Everybody else no longer works at WWE. Cesaro, yeah. Big Show, yeah. Braun Strowman. Yeah. I can't remember anymore. Um, there was definitely others that I was thinking of that had just been yeah. released. I'll like, have a look. Yeah, Cesaro, Big Show, Braun Strowman. You had... Corbin won it in 2016. Mojo Rawley. Mojo, yeah, won of it course. Won in 2017. But yeah, I'm pretty sure, to a man, those are the only three that are still... Matt Hardy. <laughs> Matt Hardy, there you go, yeah. Had Bray Wyatt in the ring with him celebrating. He's also gone. Aye. Prestigious, that. Anyway, yeah, Madcap Moss is probably going to um, beat Happy Corbin in a WrestleMania Backlash match as they decide whether or not this is an Alex Riley thing or if it's something a bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Or but... Early indications are good. I think Madcap Moss might have something, you know. I, we all quite enjoyed the silly boots and the silly braces and all that kind of thing. I think he can go. And I think his, oh, yeah. I think he looks great as well. And I, there, might, there might be something to this. I didn't love this split, but I found it to be effective. Mm, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure, like, for, like, there are a lot of things to be critical about Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin for... But I feel like he'll, you know, do the honors, do the right yeah, thing, as exactly, it were, and want to get Madcap Moss over to the over to the the next level, or over and up to the next level as a result of like just simply losing to him, mm. which does at least show that I'm not always a big fan of the the troll heat they chase with him, but it shows you what a win over him can be worth if you're somebody on the up. Mm, indeed, speaking of people on the up, Jinder Mahal wants an Intercontinental Championship match with Ricochet. Pierce said it's not that easy to get a match. And then it was announced for next week. <laughs> it was indeed. Oh, man. Do you remember? We talked about this in the office this morning. Do you remember the, um, like, pearl clutching that went on when there was... Sammy Zayn was the Intercontinental Champion, and it was as good as announced that he was fighting Knoxville. 
And then it was as good as thought. Well, Knoxville's going to win. Celebrities winning the matches. Johnny Knoxville's going to win the Intercontinental title. Pray for the soul of the Intercontinental <laughs> title. At least it would have gotten WrestleMania if he'd have been competing for it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's not easy just to get matches around here. Yes, it is. Break your uh, own. Break room rules within the context of one graphic. We, we, on the show. After watching Raw, we all know how, how how you get a match. Lose to the champion. Yeah, of course. There you go. Nonsense. Nonsense and rubbish. Uh, and Ronda Rousey came in and looked grumpy. And yeah. then later on, obviously, then they made the match. And then we got Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn, sort of. I got mm. Zayn what Zayn was going for here. Uh, and they've just done it again next week. Basically, Zayn does not want anything to do with Drew McIntyre. Um McIntyre goes after Zayn, drops him on the barricade. Zayn fights back and boots him in the face. McIntyre recovered with a belly-to-belly suplex and a hard old chop. Uh, he slams Zayn's head into the announce table, drops him on it, chucks him in the ring, and Zayn rolls out to the other side. Looks like he's just going to get a count out. And McIntyre dives out the ring, chases after him, chucks him back in, does the old Claymore countdown. But this time, Zayn ducks out of the ring and runs into the crowd. And before Drew can even get his hands on him, he's halfway home. Count-out victory for Drew McIntyre. Nothing. This absolutely nothing. Waste my time with a mound of shit, but don't call it. <laughs> but don't call it ice cream. Exactly. That's that's my stance on this. Like I'll, if they want to earnestly promote this match for next week, I'll earnestly review it next week. Mm-hmm. But this warrants none of mine, yours, or anybody else's watching's time. It was really at this point where between the strange NXT changes, the pointless continuation of the Butch and New Day stuff where I just, I really ran out of patience with this. I, 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 I never lost sight of that WWE can make magic as they did on night one. But if some of the Raw after WrestleMania was cold water, this was like, this episode was like the ice bucket challenge. Mm. Uh, it was a nice moment recapping what went down with uh, Pat McAfee at WrestleMania mm. and all the stunners and Vince and Austin Theory and what have you. Uh, and McAfee said he's still still sore and still hung over, but it was a dream come true. Fantastic way to set up your uh, future world champion, this. Indeed. Like, he's a guy that can now just go back to sitting at a desk for three months until he fancies a match again, and when he does, I hope that's further built. Oh. Like, I don't need his... I don't need Pat McAfee's star being dimmed by... Not to be awful, hanging out with a rank-and-file in boring matches yeah. every week. It should be Brock Lesnar bringing back on big occasions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, I mentioned this earlier on, but I, I've never been the biggest fan of Lacey Evans. I think I've admitted that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, again, it's always with these sorts of things. There's the caveat of, it's not their fault. Yeah. I'm not saying she's a, she's a terrible wrestler and she should never be allowed. But she's a baby face, then she's a heel, then she's a baby face again. And then, uh, you know, they're doing all bollocks with Ric Flair. Mm. I wish this was just the bit of her we saw from the beginning. Because I get this. So they introduce the story of Lacey Evans. This is going to be a series of vignettes, one would assume, going forward over the next few weeks. And it's just her talking to a camera about who she actually is. Yeah. Just tell this story. We said this from the beginning. It's such a great story. We hit upon this on the, on the preview, yeah. didn't we? The comeback, like, there's her real life is remarkable to the extent where when she she didn't, again, I like, I'll plugged this before. Well, we're not on residuals from Lillian Garcia's podcast, but like it was when she was working as like the sassy Southern Belle. Yeah. And she did this podcast. I was like, well, that's not that person. That's no. this person. And I was just like mesmerized at like the, the, the hardships that she'd endured to reach the point she'd reached. I wouldn't, relatable is not the word, but I found myself connecting to yeah. her as a result. I was like, well, I can't boo you anymore because my word, you've overcome some stuff. And yeah, it doesn't matter that you might be a weird guy or I think some of your army energy is a little bit 
off. Like it's whew, like what a, what a life to have got through to be out on the other side to be able to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we might not be able to connect to the whole you know wholesome American army sort mm. of thing, but even us as Brits understand that that's just like it's like a cheat code and i'm not yeah. saying it's a cheat i'm saying it's just a route straight to um adoration understandably because who, of like who are you yeah that's like, I becky lynch spoke about this apparently like john cena was asking her before she became the man like she was a baby face she was an underdog the irish last kicker all that sort of stuff and she went to john cena and he's like well i don't know who you are mm. and then she, or she would answer back with well i'm the irish last kicker i'm the underdog you just said all that like who? Who are you? Mm. And she said that like that helped her so much in like becoming the man. This is who Lacey Evans is, regardless mm. of the tearaway skirt and the fan in her face and the woman's right and all that. This is who she actually is. Yeah, she talked about uh, living in Ge- a small town in Georgia, father working construction, addiction problems, um, mental and emotion- emotional abuse, and her mother, you know, struggling with all that. Uh, and then the fact that her mum just showed up outside school one day and she'd put all the stuff in garbage bags and they just they just left uh, left their dad behind. Uh, she talked about spending her childhood in women's shelters and campgrounds. Uh, but all that proved she could adapt, she could overcome, she refused to give up. Um, she may not have had the same straight shot to sh- stardom as others, um, but what, what she's gone through has made her the woman she is today. And there's shots of her not only in the army but with her kids and things like that. Uh, and she says, look, none of this makes me better than anyone else, but no one is better than me either. And there's going to be more of these going forward, and I think it's the perfect way to reintroduce Lacey Evans. Yeah, I, I thought this was really effective. It, WWE is not a nice place, and this is the sort of character that ultimately is supposed to go on a journey that ends with like the nice event of her winning the woman's title and all that kind of thing. So I worry about how much, ultimately, a lot of this will be trivialised and made nonsense out of. But on their own steam, great vignettes. Mm. And I'll say this for the... I've been very critical of the women's division on, if, in WWE in general. But the last time I remember being so invested in somebody's vignettes, I absolutely wasn't let down. And like Zia Lee's been an absolute smash hit. So I have no worries for the future of Lacey <laughs> Evans going forward. Uh, then they apparently got the booking from Raw on uh, SmackDown. It's Liv Morgan versus Sasha Banks. Right, obviously we're getting Sasha and Naomi versus Liv and, and Rhea tonight on Raw. We'll talk about that all yeah. on the Raw preview later on today. But... This was the one that Liv won. Like, surely, championship contenders match on Monday. Liv and Rhea win, yeah. right? No tease of a split, which is obviously coming. And then Liv, stupidly tonight, or Friday night, battles Sasha on her own, loses, loses all the momentum. They realise what the weakness is. They yeah. target her. That's how they win the match. Complete reversal. Wrong way around this. Liv Morgan beats Sasha Banks. Um... Morgan got interviewed beforehand and said, oh, yeah, there's no Rhea here, uh, but I'm going to do this for momentum. And Naomi's on on commentary, and there's a nice note of, you know, Sasha and Naomi becoming the first black women's tag team champions. And they're saying, say it louder. You know, I really like that touch. Um, Look, back and forth early on, as always, Banks hits the three amigos when we come back from the break. Frog Splash gets a near fall. Shayna Baszler and Natalia are watching this in the back. They trade pin attempts. Banks hits Morgan with a brutal kick to the head, but Morgan recovered and hits Banks with the knee. Um, (laughs) And then they fight on the top rope. There's a superplex, and then Morgan gets her legs up and subsequently pins Sasha Banks, uh, the Dynamite Kid Randy Savage superplex Mm -hmm. spot, basically. Uh, Gets the one, two, three, and, yeah, gets momentum going into Monday. I just completely asked backwards this. Yeah, I thought this was a um, a decent match and when Liv Morgan was desperately in need of one. So that's something. That's what you get out of wrestling Sasha Banks, I suppose. 
but absolutely on its arse with this booking. So I think, this is not me trying to make an excuse for them or justifying it, I think what has happened here is that they have booked Liv Morgan to win while Rhea Ripley isn't there to remove any sympathy that might be on Rhea Ripley when she turns on Liv Morgan when Maybe, they're yeah. I think that's what they've done. Maybe just have them win the contenders match to get the title shot in the first place, you thick bastards. <laughs> like, if you book that match for them to win, like Liv Morgan gets the W, and then in the tag match they lose, and Rhea Ripley turns on Liv Morgan and blames Liv Morgan for the failures, all it takes is for the fans who are not goldfish to go, one week early, Liv got you this shot. Why would you be angry with her? That's a mean thing to do, Rhea Ripley. Like, you shouldn't have done this and then joined up with those old goths. Yeah. Like, that would have been just as effective. But because they've made this bed of them losing the match in the first place to, to create that tension, you've now got to lie in it and have Liv Morgan win this match nonsensically to create Rhea Ripley. Like, the supposed reason why we would all resent Rhea Ripley is, oh, well, we were watching SmackDown and Liv won the match. How could you do that to mm-hmm. a Rhea? I think that's why they've done it. I think. But I don't want this to come across like I'm trying to make excuses for their terrible booking. No. But that, I, I spent some time trying to work out why we've arrived at where we've got to. Or, yeah, or they've thought more people watch SmackDown, live in Sasha, and you make people think, oh, God, are they going to lose their tag titles? I better watch yeah. on Monday to find out. But yeah, so just have them win the contenders match. Or, or book better that you don't do contenders matches and Rhea and Liv win a couple of matches and build a bit of actual momentum to build <laughs> to build to a title match that they then lose and it turns out that in the weeks leading up to that you peppered in like seeds of dissent rather than just ah, bored of them like, <laughs> and split them up in two weeks which is presumably what they're going to do exactly we'll talk more about that on the Raw preview. or or they've flipped they've changed their own minds and it's going to be Liv that turns on Rhea Ripley and this win was to sort of give Liv, like empower Liv Morgan Please to no. say, hang on, Rhea Ripley, you're the dead weight. And they, just because we've all seen it coming, they do that weird WWE thing. It's like, well, it's not a surprise anymore. So we'll have Liv Morgan be the one. Swerve, Liv Morgan turns heel and Rhea Ripley's a baby face floundering. Liv Morgan, Doug Liv Morgan. They've done it. They've done it. Right? Don't just, Rhea Ripley still needs to be on to turn heel. She's been dark Liv Morgan. She's been Riot Squad Liv Morgan. She's been Liv Morgan in the bath. Like, Lesbian Liv Morgan. <laughs> Lesbian Liv Morgan, Jesus Christ. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's just completely arse backwards, this. Anyway, main event time. We the ones, Roman Reigns, the Bloodline, Paul Heyman, Usos, they all come out. Uh, and not only is the entrance, but there's a big recap of Brock Lesnar versus <laughs> Roman Reigns. So, whoo, save about five minutes watching Adam this. Adam rubbing his thighs. Oh, honestly. Me, yesterday, last night watching this. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Um, Heyman hands Reigns the mic once they eventually all get down to the ring. And he says, Milwaukee, acknowledge me. And up go the ones, including in the Wilborn's kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, look, I've got to admit, you know, I love it here, but the SmackDown, uh, being on SmackDown and just having the Universal Championship, that wasn't enough for me. So I smashed Lesnar and I went to Raw and I took the WWE Championship as well. And he said, look, I've done it all. There's almost nothing left for me to do, which I appreciate that as a little like, oh, he's effectively saying, I've beaten everyone. Yeah. It's like, well, there's one person who's just arrived who you definitely haven't beaten. Mm-hmm. Um and he says, look, I've got two titles. Then the Usos have only got two titles, and there's two of them. So I've decided that we're gonna, you are going to go to Raw and unify the men's tag team titles. And I thought, yes, perfect. Let's do this. I'm fed up of having tag team titles on different shows. Bloody pointless, okay. especially when people have to just hand them over. Yeah. Um, and he says, look, we're going to have all the gold. And I thought, oh, what a visual that is going to be. Uh, and then suddenly, as they're standing there celebrating and, well, effectively waiting for a musical interruption, Shinsuke Nakamura's music hits, and he comes down wearing that wonderful gear from WrestleMania. 
And, Don't uh, try and get me on side with this before we've got to the end of the segment. Uh, I nice won't acknowledge you, Adam Wilborn, just because you're gear. the head of this table. You'll acknowledge that gear. Um, and Nakamura goes to speak, but Reigns stops him. And uh, and he says, look, I know how you feel. You lost your partner, Boogs. And I thought, oh, there's the first breadcrumb for Boogs win the title from Roman Reigns, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. And uh, he says, look, I know how it feels. We lost, we lost Jimmy for nearly a, over a year uh, to a knee injury. And he says, hey, don't worry, though. The bloodline is all about love. And he gives him a lovely cuddle. And he pulls away, and Shinsuke looks all confused. Boom! Super kick from the Usos. Psych, bitch. We the ones. <laughs> and uh, Reigns and the Usos stand tall, all the belts to close out SmackDown. Uh, what did you make of all this? Uh, right. I liked... Um, the kind of tie-in of uh, the use, Roman deciding that the Usos must go and win all the tag battles now. Shinsuke Nakamura was in the middle of a feud with the Usos, obviously before Rick Boogs' unfortunate injury. And based on conflicting reports, but suggestions that they were maybe actually going to win the title mm-hmm. at WrestleMania, and they had to obviously improvise not just a, a finish, but a, a different result potentially. That's been disputed, but there, there's been some murmurs out there that possibly the Usos were going to lose the belts. Now, so I like that Roman's suggestion that now you've got to win all the belts kind of drags Nakamura back up because he's there thinking, well, wait a second, had my partner not got injured, we were going to win these, and mm-hmm. it kind of falls them together. There's also the memories of the Roman Reigns-Nakamura program that never was mm-hmm. in early 2021 when that one week they just decided to give Nakamura the old sort of Kofi Mania gauntlet treatment. And that got everybody very excited that Nakamura was somehow a big deal and they just pretty much dropped it cold. Didn't mm-hmm. they? So a lot of people would be pleased that they brought that back. I felt very little for the impending match. And I, ultimately, that's always what matters the yeah. most. I always feel overthink. And I felt very little over the impending match. But just before we hit record, you gave me quite an impassioned, I don't want to say defense, but an impassioned argument for this program. And I kind of have to, I kind of have to concede mm. that point. And I, like, it, it, I'm not going to parrot your words. I think you should, you should share them. But... I, like, I have to caveat by saying I, I don't feel a great deal for it, but I completely understood your rationale with it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say from my, from my side of things, I'm not trying to justify it completely. I get that people are a bit like, oh, like yeah. it's just this after this. Yeah. We were sat here going, oh, maybe you could just go straight into to Roman versus Drew, or maybe you can even go straight into Roman versus Cody. But let's be honest, and this is not, an, this is not justifying it, by the mm. way. It's just trying to explain, put my WWE head on. WWE's next big thing is SummerSlam, right? And they've got a few premium live events to get through prior to getting. Well, there. actually, you'll like this. Um, Money in the Bank is at Allegiant Stadium, ah. SummerSlam was, so they kind of got like two or three big stadiums. Okay, there you go. A big summer of big shows, but yeah, Money in the Bank. Yeah. So you could have, you could argue that they they are saving, let's say, Cody versus Roman for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. In the interim, Cody versus Drew could go down at Money in the Bank. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I. I I think Shinsuke's the perfect opponent in terms of we all know Roman's not we're not losing whoever he faces against uh, WrestleMania backlash. I I set the, made the argument I didn't think he needed to fight a WrestleMania backlash. I think he could sit there, put his feet up, and go, "I'm champion of everyone, of everything." Someone's got to win a fatal five way, you know, qualifier match to yeah. face me at the next premium live event. So. Because I've gone in with that mentality and not another huge title match for Roman Reigns, a relatively straightforward uh, title defense with a brief inkling of, I don't know, a Kinshasa to both the Usos and Roman looking a bit nervous. Something along those lines, basically, because 
it's going to be a, a straightforward victory for Roman Reigns. We all know this. Mm. So, look, I'm not saying it's the best bit of booking, but I'm saying I understand why they've done it. And um, I thought they set it up quite nicely, just in terms of the ever changing. You know, this isn't. There's no point in him being suddenly. Oh my god, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's been a tag team guy, and he's not really done a great deal. And he was IC champion, and that's basically been about it. Mm-hmm. And so him being like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving Stone Cold Steve Austin from all those years back. Yeah, it's being like this isn't you. Mm. And then the Usos being the sort of no, we're still dreadful people. <laughs> I thought it was a nice touch, and and I just I'm such a sucker for that panning shot of all of the titles, all yeah. the golds to close out the I didn't, show. I didn't see that uh, it was lazy. unification thing coming, but I quite like the idea of it. It was incredibly lazy booking across Raw and SmackDown for the Bloodline. Mm. But they sort of got there in the end. Yeah. I don't, the match, I don't have very high hopes for the match, and I understand why this has happened, but people are already comparing it to Roman and Cesaro at last year's WrestleMania Backlash. The comparison is in the opponents, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of what you think of Roman Reigns, which for me at the moment is not a great deal, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura are like hugely different. Pro- I like I like Nakamura in small doses, but mm-hmm. they're hugely different propositions. I've not got the highest of hopes for the match. Like Nakamura has got to be motivated beyond almost any motivation we've seen in WWE for this to feel like the match WWE wanted to. Or alternatively, they they maybe open the show with it and you go last with this is backlash preview fodder for a few weeks time, but. Mm. Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair feels more of a main event on that show than still the title match. Still a sucker. I'm still thinking, what if they've done this whole thing of being like, don't don't try for six months, Nakamura, and then just just get yourself ready, and then what we're going to do is Roman Reigns is going to take you far too lightly because he's going to think, oh, you just won off of a tag mm. team with the Usos beat, and, uh. and then old Shinsuke, you know, Royal Rumble Shinsuke shows yeah. up, and you go. Oh, bloody hell. And he does the exact same thing. That may well be wishful thinking. I realize that. it's It's been many a year since we've seen that version of Shinsuke Nakamura. And fair play to him. Look, he's done all of his, his hard yards elsewhere, let's say. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't know whether, like I say, it was just the, the, the glow off WrestleMania or whatever it may be. I gave this one, and I shouldn't have to say I gave it a pass, <laughs> but I did give it a pass. Um, and, yeah, it was... <laughs> here's a backer was less disappointing than the Raw after WrestleMania. <laughs> Good for it. Yeah. So there you go. But let us know your thoughts on everything uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Sid are going to be here in a bit to review AEW Rampage, and then we're all going to be back to preview Monday Night Raw a little bit later on today. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. 
The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.